Thank you, Lord. Good morning, St. John's. The reading is taken from Acts 3, verses 1 to 10, which can be found um, on page 1094 in your Bibles if uh, you've got one of the church Bibles. Peter heals a lame beggar. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. It's lovely to be here. Good to see you. Um, What a story of life in the early church that is, um, that we heard read from uh, Hilary. And um, I'd love to just reflect on that story and what it might mean for us in our lives Today, we're looking at a series over these weeks of what happened after Easter. Um, Jesus ascended into heaven. Um, They waited and the Holy Spirit was poured out and a new beginning happened. Those people had walked and seen what Jesus had done. And now, um, as it were, uh, with the ascension, Jesus was working from home and he's delegated it to us to get on with what he was doing. Um, I want to tell you a story. Some time ago, many years ago, I was a science teacher. I was looking for um, the uh, pictures of me as a science teacher, and I just found these press cuttings. Um, I was, this is from the 1980s, but uh, I still managed to keep my hair, thank goodness, just about... <laughs> the bit that hasn't been um, set fire to. But I was a scientist. I was trained as a scientist, scientific method. Um, I'd become a Christian, so I believed in a supernatural um, faith. Jesus has risen from the dead. Um, I'd come to a new life in him. Um, And that was really important. But I remember vividly the first time I saw a supernatural miracle, it fried my brain and my whole world view 
because um, I've been privileged to be in a couple of places and times where there really was a significant revival. Um, uh, you know, I, I say that advisedly, not as a sort of exaggeration. Um, and I remember that a man who was deaf could hear. It, there was no doubt about it because I saw the evidence with my own eyes. This man couldn't hear, and then he could hear. And the, and the reaction in him was extraordinary. And what fried my brain was this. Um, I, had, I, I could see that something had happened that I hadn't got an explanation for. And um, it, it set up a sort of dissonance in my brain because... I could, one bit of me, I could see the evidence that it had happened. It had happened. Another bit of me thought, the science, scientist in me thought, I can't explain this. So I got two things going on in my head. And um, it, it led me to think, I'm a citizen of two worlds. I'm living in this world with a finite um, lifespan in a physical body, but actually I'm thinking and I'm destined for a, a, a I'm a citizen of another world. I'm going to be with God forever. Um, I remember subsequently I was at another powerful sort of event where something that was happening and the speaker was up the front doing their thing and suddenly there was this huge racket from the other side of the church building. And this person started screaming. I, I really, I'm very British. I don't like sort of something that upsets things, you know. Church is to be church. We're all, look at these lovely rows. We're all sat in neat rows. We know to behave ourselves to the end of the service and then we go and have coffee. But this person was screeching, Oh my goodness! What's happening? This doesn't happen in church. Oh my goodness! And they were running up and down the church. And what had happened was, this person had been in a wheelchair for years and years and years. And suddenly, they were healed. And they were so overwhelmed by the experience that all the desire to sit in rows were dissolved because something they couldn't do, they suddenly could. We're, in, we're citizens of two worlds. Is everybody healed? No, we live with that dissonance. We thought of the... Um, the, the, the transfiguration of Jesus. They saw his glory at the transfiguration and at um, the ascension. And then he was taken from them in a cloud. So we don't, sometimes we just see the cloud. And sometimes the cloud, the glory comes through. And these two worlds meet each other in the present time. We've had this wonderful sacrament of baptism where the heavenly, the power of God, the presence of God, the importance of our faith meets the physical world in water and bodies. 
In the slide, in the next slide, we're just thinking of this story. Peter and John came to the gate of the temple. They came to church all the time. It was called the beautiful gate. Um, the beggar had got a good pitch, we'd say. Um, they, you know, it might be like outside Tesco's or Sainsbury's or an even better pitch is by the cash machine. Um, if you're very smart, you've now got a card reader like all the big issue sellers have um, because everybody like me walks past and, sorry, mate, don't carry any cash. But this day, he'd got a really good pitch because people came to the temple, they're expected to give alms, um, A-L-M-S, um, of giving to the poor. It's um, a good pitch for the story. Peter came to him, and Peter, we've got to remember, had walked with Jesus for three years. He'd seen Jesus um, see people who'd got faith and had reached out and had seen the healing that Jesus did. He'd seen there, he'd been there when he's saying, I'm giving this to you. He'd been there when the 72 were sent out on a mission and did the works that Jesus did. They'd, they'd been there at, on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit was poured out. And uh, so Peter came to this man and he saw and he gave him his hand and picked him up and walked. Now, um, this is the work of God. This isn't the work of some razzle-dazzle person who's got some amazing ministry. Nobody's got a ministry. The ministry is Jesus touches people where they are. Um, it's not about, don't follow famous people. Uh, follow Jesus, who's the one who heals, who's the one who brings new life into us, who changes our lives and gives them back to us. This story... Um, <coughs> Was, goes, goes on. I, if you want to read more than Hillary read to us in the first 10 verses of chapter 3, look at chapter 4 because it develops as the story goes on. They got into trouble for doing this. Actually, far from miracles being wonderful, they're often extremely controversial because they're demonstrating that God is a reality. He's calling us to account in the way we live our lives and how we follow Jesus. And so um, in Luke's account in, this, in the next chapter of Acts, they looked at these people. Who are you that you should tell us how to run our temple? And they, they said, these are common, uneducated men. What would they know about the theology of the Torah? but they recognized they'd been with Jesus. That's a two-edged thing. We thought we'd got rid of Jesus by executing him, and now what he's doing is carrying on. Let's try and get rid of this. But they recognized that he would, he had, they'd been with Jesus. I think that is the key to ha why this all happened. It happened because these people had been with Jesus. They'd seen what Jesus had done. It, this miracle caused controversy and upset and thanksgiving and wonder in the life of the church. Jesus had done miracles. They saw them. This is what Jesus said in, in 
his own life to those who are following him. And he says to us, this is the kingdom. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. There's no kind of wiggle room in the things that Jesus is saying. They're little two and three word phrases you go and do this, what you've seen me do. Um, they'd seen Jesus had raised Jairus' daughter, he'd healed people who were blind, uh, and Jesus said, you go and do the same. So after Pentecost, there they were doing it. This is a sign of the kingdom of God. There was more, and he's calling us in the inheritance of that, to do the same. In the early church, healing was one of the gifts that were poured out. Don't you love parties when gifts are poured out um, and birthdays are there, things to open? On the day of Pentecost, gifts of God were poured out in the church. Um, And healing was one of those gifts. But it's only one um, I, I've got, I used to do day conferences on spiritual gifts or healing or this, that, and the other, and I've got a list of 96 spiritual gifts, of which healing is one. So there's probably one for everybody here. And God doesn't say, oh, here's a supernatural gift today. Oh, I'm just giving you the gift to go and sweep up the paths. They're all the same thing because we're a supernatural faith rooted in physical bodies. Prophecy, pastoral, serving, administering, faith, revelation, evangelism. Um, You name it, God has, if you look around the people you know and think, what do I really appreciate about all of these people? We're all different, and we're all the body of Christ. What would we do with our bodies if we were all little fingers? But they're quite good for sticking in your teacup. You know, um, we are all different. We're all different, and we complement each other when we appreciate the people that are different to us. And you know what? When God gives gifts to the church, they are for the common good. If God's given you a gift, they are, it's to give away. Every single gift, except the gift of speaking in tongues, is a gift for someone else. God gives you a gift, it's to serve others. And I was wondering, um, what do we do in today's church with the gifts that God gives? Does God heal today? Life in the early church, life in today's church. Here we are, gathered as the people of God with our friends and guests this day. God has built healing. Does God heal? God has built healing into all of what he's created. It's extraordinary. Um, If um, um, Maureen, I know, has planted a couple of roses. They were on, it's not a good time to plant roses. Uh, they were on their last legs. Do you know that rose that was on its last legs has come back to life because 
God has built healing into plants. Have you thought of that? It's like the plant, if you look after it, it will heal it. If you cut a a tree at the right time of year, it will heal over its wound. God has built that into the cells of plants. God has built healing into all of his creation. Did you know in your body there are between 30 and 40 trillion cells? Each one is busy doing its own thing. God has made us the body, but in your body, you've got all these cells working together. It's extraordinary that it will heal itself. If you get an infection and all is well, you've got a whole army of one department of the 30, 40 trillion cells will march in and heal your body. Does God want to heal? Goodness me. How have you you been engineered that you will fix, um, your body will fix itself? God heals in the natural world. He's built it into his creation. God heals through the human skill of medicine. Um, Six years ago next week, I was rushed into hospital with 24 hours to live. And uh, if I'd been in hospital with what I had Um, 30 years ago, I wouldn't be here today because modern medicine has developed something that has brought me back to life. I can remember at one stage, I had a stem cell transplant from one of my sisters who's happily a 10 out of 10 match to me and my blood is now her blood. If you looked inside me, I got two lots of DNA. You know, you can't tell me God doesn't heal through medicine. I can remember once when my immune system was being resurrected from the dead, I needed a top-up. We all know about T-cells since COVID, don't we? Um, My sister and I know. I remember she'd gone to give a donation and uh, it had gone off to the labs and they came into my hospital room with three and a half milliliters of T-cells in a little syringe. They'd never put that much into anybody, such a small amount, remember putting it into my long-suffering vein. In that three and a half mils, there were 70 million T-cells. I mean, isn't that extraordinary? And all of this is going on inside all of our bodies at this very moment. God has built healing into the natural world He gives human skill in the medical world to bring healing. And God does supernatural healings sometimes. In heaven, in the kingdom of God, that happens all the time. When Jesus is on earth, it happened all the time. I've got a favorite verse in Hebrews 2 and verse 9. It says, as yet we don't see Jesus... As yet, we don't see everything in this world subject to Jesus. But we see Jesus, who for a time was among us. And so sometimes we see Jesus at work. And our job, I think, is to pray. We get glimpses of glory. The Spirit is poured out. The kingdom of God is inaugurated. It's begun, but it hasn't arrived in total And we live 
between the now and the not yet, where joy and pain are woven fine. It says in a wonderful poem, we live in the present world, but we wear out. We've talked about new wine. Our bodies in the Bible are tents. Have you ever, I've had tents from time to time. Um, You know, the zips wear out after time and you can spray them. But after a while, the stitching wears out. The tent starts to leak. You can spray it with stuff and then it, you know, it's all right for a bit. And uh, as we go on, these tents start to wear out. We're not, we, God has put eternity into our hearts and minds. And so we rebel against sickness and death, rightly so, because we're destined for eternity. I love this verse in Ecclesiastes that um, reflects some of that miracle, uh, the mystery of miracles. God has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart yet no one can fathom what God has done. There's mystery and miracles alongside each other. And I think it's good and it's normal that we should expect and ask God to come and work supernaturally among us, to ask for signs of the kingdom. God wants to pray. God wants us to pray for his healing and his presence in our lives. Our call is to pray, Lord, give us gifts of your spirit distributed among us. Natural, supernatural, practical, holy, miraculous, all in one. And see what God has done. It's fine not to pray sometimes too. I had a friend, I have a friend who was affected by polio when he was a child. And his, one of his arms is diminished down to nothing. And after a while, lots of people, have, you know, you have these moments, let's pray for God to come. And he would dread those moments because actually lots of people had prayed for him and nothing had happened. And he said, do you mind not, I, it'd be great not to pray because I just want to meet with God. So each per, sometimes that's the right thing because he's saying, well, I've explored that and to date God hasn't healed me. And you know what? I have lived like Paul did with a thorn in the flesh. Probably his eyesight was damaged. And he said, I've asked God to heal me, but he hasn't. And he's allowed me to stay with this because I remember then that I'm not this powerful preacher. I'm another follower of Jesus. He hasn't healed me yet. And, you know, um, I've asked him. That hasn't happened. So I, I'm trying to lay out for us here the, diff, the, the sort of mystery of this, that sometimes God heals wonderfully. Sometimes we live with the mystery in these bodies, but we have a vision of this wonderful kingdom that is to come. And I thought it would be great if we can pray this morning that God will come among us, because it's the same God, and we're still sitting in these rows in our church and uh, but there's the supernatural God who wants to work with us so I'd love us um, to pray but um, I'm not going to ask anybody to do anything that they don't want to do 
or I won't embarrass anybody at all. So just relax. It's fine. Um, but let's stand if you're able, and we're going to pray.